The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. Yeah, there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who go around this town tonight. Hey, welcome to the Kwame Lasso, the Sports Talk. We are live here in Arizona. It is what time? It is 9.03. Uh, we going live. I got Samaj Kadir on in L.A. Hey. Uh, always on the show. Uh, Ken from the ATL. Uh, I don't know. He has a new position at a job. So we're, you know, he may, he may, he may join us. I don't know. He, he is the boss now, seriously. So, uh, he said he went up in position, so he's got to be doing something. It's not like Ken and Mrs. Show, so he got to be of some importance to the company right now. <laughs> Ken, Ken missed a few shows. But you know what? What he's doing is some real work. We on the air. We having fun. But we are talking sports. Uh, how we do it is also fun, but you know Ken's doing some real work. He's doing the work to pay the bills uh, right now. Alex, Alex is at uh, Pre-Settlement Solutions. Uh, my buddy uh, Harold Joyce's company. Uh, so he's doing some real work. He can't make it today. He may call in. Who knows? Um, but Samaj, what you been up to? Just relaxing. That little uh, intro gave me a little bit of a mojo back. You like that intro? <laughs> yeah, I really like that intro. Yeah, I was I thinking find myself listening to that outside of the show, you know, to kind of hype me up a little bit. Because of the show, you start listening to it. You yeah, know, you know, Jay Z and uh, they, well, he's always been hot though, as yeah, far as, as far as the music goes. Yeah, but I'm not really a, a rap type of chick though. Rap? You know, type. I don't, I don't listen to a lot of rap. What type of chick are you? I like jazz and stuff like that. I, you know, is that why I you like all music, but you know, I generally listen to a lot of jazz. That's why you stay mellow. Yeah, so I'm mellow like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm you... more mellow than Carmelo. Okay, <laughs> Monk, you might have to put some diggable planets on for her. So she, I like she, them too. Yeah, they are good. So nothing's going on in LA that you uh, know of. Um, not too much. They got this new uh, lingerie basketball league that they're trying to put together, which to me is is. Silly. Sort of a mockery of uh, basketball. Me being a b-ball player myself, it's, it's, it's a mockery to me. I you, mean, I'm not hating because I have the body and athletic skills to, to play on the league myself, but I just think it's a mockery <laughs> of the whole game itself. <laughs> play, what, what league are you talking about? Playing the league like WNBA? WNBA? Yeah, I mean, they actually, and it's based out of L.A., based out of L.A., and they're playing at Venice Beach. They had their first tournament, I think. This weekend, maybe. I mean, check out their names, though. They have the Beauties, the Divas, the Glam, and the Starlets. They have four teams so far. Well, what's, the di- what's the difference from um, these these old uh, reality shows that's full of garbage that NBA wives uh, or that other crap? What's the football stuff? I don't know. What's the difference between those shows? They're making a mockery out of stuff that half of them not even what they say they are supposed to be to have the show. Right, right. I actually, um, I don't really tune into the Basketball Wives, but I did watch their reunion show last night. And it is, I mean, it's, it's, it's a whole bunch of bull if you ask me. The difference between this Basketball League and the Basketball Wives is these women are literally running up and down the court with their underwear and bras on, you might as well say. I don't care 
how they say it's a, a outfit. I mean, it's literally panties and bras. Yeah. I mean, come on, come on. Let's think of the people that's really going to come see these girls play. Other girls? Uh, other girls and horny old men uh, with their bellies hanging out that basically want to see some booties gyrating down a cord and some boobs shaking up and down. You know, all they need uh, to do is uh, put up a pole so every time they make a layup, they can swing on it. That's funny right there. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but it's for real. I mean, seriously. Yeah, that's funny. Well, that's where it's probably going to go to anyway. But look, I don't think um, a real basketball fan is going to watch that for so long. After a while, how much can you see in um, a two-piece? I mean, exactly. After, yeah, I mean, if, now you say you can play the game or you could have played in the league. Which league, the WNBA or the, um, the new league you're talking about? No, no, no. Um, back when I was playing basketball and in uh, my first year of going to college, I had a scholarship. But, you know, the WNBA was talked about, but they never approved it. You know, the women coming out of high school were going overseas to play basketball. And when the WNBA came in effect, you know, it gave women an opportunity to show their athletic ability on the court. Um, but, yeah, I, I could probably could have went to the WNBA. <laughs> Now I'll be done had an asthma attack on the court. I, I, I can only give you two sprints. Two sprints. Two sprints up and back, and it's a wrap. If, if you if you the bench for my inhaler. I think you just need to get your mind right. You know who can get your mind right? Yeah, uh, Deborah. Deborah Debris. <laughs> Deborah Debris. Debris. <laughs> get your mind Can't right. Forget about Deborah. How you yeah. know about? It? You know how to get your mind right. How you know I was gonna say her? Because, you know, she she does that type of thing. She's good at what she do. We had her on the show. Yeah. Deborah's right. she's on the show now. Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Where you at? I'm in Phoenix. Oh, hi. How you doing, Deborah? I'm doing good. <laughs> you had to hear your Thank you. She was uh, kind of on it. I was just leading her into it. She was falling in some miles. You may be okay, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you may be so, okay. What do you think about that, Deborah? How do you... What do you think about the, the lingerie basketball league? Silly. The lingerie basketball league. Yeah. Can't say I know a whole lot about it. I think it'd be really interesting to see what was bouncing. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was a good one. Yeah. I'm just getting a visual on that. I'm not sure I'd be into it. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to even lie to you. Although I played basketball, I don't even watch the WNBA. Samaj, game. you keep saying you play like you was like that tight. I know WNBA. I, I was good. I was good back in my day. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I played too, but it was like GAA, the Girls Athletic Association, because back in my day, that's all we had. What's that, the Girls and Boys Club? No, it was just after school <laughs> athletics for girls. Oh, okay. We weren't allowed to do anything. We barely had hardwood back then, so. No. <laughs> But that's playing a converse. But like I said, I don't, I don't think. Um, yeah, well, converse was the basketball. That was when you thought basketball, you thought converse. You know, everyone wore converse when they played ball. Oh, that was the old school shoes too. Oh, Those yeah. are the ones that are cool. The ones they that have so, no support. No, they they didn't no support at all. And I don't know how these guys. I didn't hear a lot about anybody breaking ankles or anything. But the game wasn't that physical. You know, as time right. moved on, right. they got stronger, faster, and quicker, and more powerful. Um, so now they jumping out the gym. You won't be able to jump out the gym with those shoes on. Not no, the no, not no. the old Chuck Taylors. No. Not the old ones. No. Not the new ones either. I would hope not. Well, the new ones, yeah. You they they has ankle supports and everything. Oh, okay. So I ain't bought them in a long time. Yeah, you need to get back on your uh, your Converse on your on your wear your gear. <laughs> you, go, you falling off. Yeah. But uh, that's it. That's all. That's all going on in L.A. Let me tell you what I I found this out in um, 
L.A. Uh, this was some kind of, it's not breaking news, but it's news. Uh, Kobe Bryant injured a man in church for taking cell phone pictures. You hear anything about that? This is out in uh, Carmel, some church in um, Carmel. Let me find out where that church was. But, no, I didn't hear anything about that. Yeah, Kobe Bryant taking pictures, uh, injured a man taking pictures in church. Uh, what church was this? It was at a Carmel, uh, in Carmel Valley Sunday. This was last Sunday, I guess. Mm. Um, but does he have a right to do that? I mean, guy was taking pictures of him in church. Does he have the right to take the phone? When he took the phone and found out there was nothing in the picture, there was nothing in the phone that showed a Kobe, Brown, Kobe Bryant picture, but the man did suffer a injured wrist, so he says, and then he, the police got involved, so the stories are more is what it should be now. And so now, you got it. You know there's people going to say he's claiming that hey, that's Kobe Bryant, so now I want some financial from it. Right. But what is what is the feedback? Is he gonna sue him? Because you know that's the first thing that that he probably that at the end of the day he probably just want an apology. I I think that's what it is. I think and both of you can weigh on this. Um, but is the guy right for taking pictures of Kobe Bryant? Because who Kobe Bryant is, and if Kobe Bryant, uh, you know, does he have that type of? Why would you need uh, bodyguards in church? Why would you right. need that? And if if he does have bodyguards. <clears throat> don't they, excuse me, don't they handle a situation like that so Kobe Bryant doesn't have to uh, be the focus of it uh, as far as putting his hand on someone else? But the guy shouldn't, I don't know, if you go to church, someone like you go to church, you're going, yeah. to din- you're going to church dinner, I don't think you should be taking uh, taking pictures of someone in their private time and their own time. I'll let you weigh in first, Deborah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I would agree. I mean, you know, these guys, they've got so much pressure on them all the time, everybody in their face that, you know, there becomes a breaking point and there becomes just a level of respect that um, we as the people who view these guys in sports need to have a little bit of just common sense and say how would you like it if somebody was up in your face taking pictures of you and or your family Um, obviously as a sports person or celebrity either one there needs to be take a breath you know don't jump back at somebody and get yourself in trouble but it's still it's human it's humanness uh, that starts to jump in, and it's just, it's sad, you know, too much. Yeah, I, I think they need to look at the other side. Of, what if this was me? I'm out mm-hmm. having dinner with my yeah. family. I'm out at Disney where I'm at some theme park. That's your time. Whether you you wouldn't go there just to, so people can take pictures, or you wouldn't go unless you have appearance. And they that, that theme park brought you in to have an appearance. Uh, but you, you would think, okay, this is his time. He's with his family. He's... Uh, he's away from his game, his profession. Let him have that time. But uh, if they just put themselves on the other side of that, uh, I think they'll be more courteous. Yeah. So I think I think the um, the guy crossed the line in church. Now, like you said, if they're at an amusement park, I mean, it's a wide open space, so you really can't do too much of that because he is this mega star. But in church, I think that the the person crossed the line, but Kobe also crossed the line as well because you don't put your hands on anyone. Like Deborah said, there's a way to handle that situation. I don't know about talk that. to the guy and said, you know, I'm in church. You know, that's not, shouldn't even be a focus. You should be listening to the pastor or or who's ever speaking at that time instead of worried about him and his family and taking pictures. Yeah, well, Kobe Bryant took the phone and there wasn't any pictures in there, so maybe. Uh, that apology then. Maybe he just didn't apologize, and maybe that's what the guy's looking for. But he did go to the hospital uh, uh, claiming that his wrist is hurt. He injured his wrist in the, in the uh, probably scuffle. Uh, right. So, you know, people are going to think that this guy, 
as he was with Kobe Bryant, so he wants something out of it, maybe more than an apology, more financial than anything. And, and I hope not. It's, it's petty. It's, <clears throat> it's kind of minor. Hopefully the guy isn't hurt, you know, but it's kind of petty to me. Well, this, well, this is America. And that's the point, too. That's when emotions start getting charged up on both sides, so everything gets exaggerated on both sides, just like whether it's in a game or whether it's like this. I mean, you're in a situation where it should be peace, love, and happiness, and now we got right. people, you know, banging it up in the back of the church. Right. Um, emotions <laughs> dump in, and everything gets uh, a little uh, exaggerated and crazier than it should have been. Yeah. Right. And, and, and then could Kobe have just mistakenly thought that he was taking pictures of him? <laughs> Maybe he's that that mega star, like you said, that he thinks everyone's taking pictures of him. I know right. if I saw Kobe Bryant, there's I don't see myself taking pictures of him. I don't I even don't I don't even myself. or even going up to him. I just don't see it. Well, and see what I don't see or hear either is whether he was there. I must assume that he was there with his family. Now, whether it was he and his wife, he and his wife and kids, the minute you get kids involved. You know, then it's a whole, I mean, then it's another layer of, you know, protection. Right. Right. A father to his be. family or a father or a husband to his wife that, you know, you're going to look at, you know, leave leave my family alone. And, and that's right. true because a lot of Hollywood, and Samaj, you may know about this, but you don't go anywhere in California. <laughs> you, you might as well move back to Dayton, but a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, Actors and actresses have that uh, concern when you start taking pictures of them. That's one thing. But when they have their kids with them, you're taking pictures of them and their kids and they're on vacation. That becomes a whole nother concern. Uh, and then they lash out in a different way. Right. And you can't blame them for that because, I mean, you have to protect your child, you know, at all costs. But w you have to also realize But when you're in the limelight like that, it's like anything goes. I don't you know, know. You're going to have these people taking pictures and but like, you can't avoid it. Like Deborah said, I don't know if in, anything... I don't know if anything goes because when you, um, you got to look on both sides of that. And we're going to take a break and we're going to come back with a little bit of this, but we want to get into some Jim Tomey. But I don't think anything goes. You got to respect these guys when they're out to dinner. Can I eat without shaking your hands? And I got to go wash my hands True. and eat my food. True. All right. Well, we'll take a break. This is Kwame Lasso Sports. We'll be back with Samaj Kadir on LA and Deborah Debris. Thanks for joining us. we here. we come back with the same crew. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Tired of the same mundane talk radio show, boring opinions and people not knowing or telling the truth? Tune into The Sports Life with Josh and Otis. This show is brought to you by two men who know the good, the bad, and the ugly of professional sports. Josh and Otis's experience and careers in the NFL give them access to the inside information and a reason to have a candid opinion. Tune into the Voice America Sports Channel Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific. The Sports Life with Josh and Otis. It's more than sports talk. It's a way of life. 
Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the Kwame Sports Talk. We got some Oz Kadir out in L.A. She has no idea what's going on in California. (laughs) (laughs) You got Deborah Debris. Get off my back, bro. You know what? (laughs) If I lived in L.A., I live in Phoenix. We are here in Arizona. I'm in Chandler, Arizona. Uh, Deborah, were you in a rich neighborhood out in um, Scottsdale? <laughs> yeah, Deborah's in Scottsdale. I'm up on the hill, I can barely yeah. talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before we get back into, we were we were talking about Kobe. Before we get back into, Deborah, what's going on? Anything new? Anything you know? I know you had some players that's in yeah. camp. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I'm working with some guys, some uh, rookies in the NFL right now, and uh, it's interesting to hear what's going on in some of the camps. Anything from. You know, guys just eating it up. They've been doing great. And other guys that, uh, you know, we talked a little bit the other day about the fact I got a guy who's never seen a playbook before. He's used to stepping it off, you know, in college. And uh, it's a whole new experience. Another guy saying, you know, with everything that's going on now with preseason games, he started thinking about, well, what's my, you know, what's my plan B? What am I going to do if I don't make it? And uh, to work with him on the emotional, mental side of it is like, let's deal with plan A right now. You know, get your focus back to where it needs to be. Bust your butt and do what you know you can do extremely well um, and make this thing happen. Uh, you know, we'll worry about plan B if we ever have to get to plan B. Right, yeah. and this is the guy who never had a playbook, right? No, this is another guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, the guy who never had a playbook, he's actually doing really well. I talked to him late last night. Um, um, he's relaxed. He One of his comments, which I thought was very insightful, is he's back to being himself, uh, mm-hmm. which is where anybody's going to play their best. Yeah, and I think that's uh, he's been behind the eight ball, so I think that might have focused him up a little, a little sharper. Uh, and you guys have been talking on and off, right? Absolutely. Yeah, but having no playbook until he gets to the pros, which you know you you don't know how to study, you don't know what a, uh, but and that's that puts him behind the eight ball a great deal. So that's yeah. good that he has somebody to go to. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we talked a little bit about how he could learn the playbook in a way that you know he's he's not used to learning it so we did some strategic imagination and uh some relaxation exercises and stuff so he could just break it down and see what was alike with each of the different plays and what was different and then just work on the parts that were different uh and it seemed to work really well for him so it's all good it's all good and that's what you need you need somebody you can go and talk to a lot of guys a lot of guys don't get that and you know if you go into camp and you 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 always feel lost for that whole three and a half weeks uh but what, what probably makes it easier now with the new CBA that these guys only get to practice with pads on once a day so they got a little more time to think. Because once you got pads on, coaches definitely want to see some hitting, some banging going on. Right. Um, and, and like the um, – and I go back to – I go to the Chicago game last week. You're supposed to kick off from the 35. Mm. Uh, Lovey Smith kicked off from the 30 because he wanted to see his guys 
uh, what guys can cover, what guys can hit, what guys can do this on the run at full speed. Right. And then, you know, you, it's, it's all for the protection, kicking off at the 35 for the players. You know, you can't have any more wedges. Uh, but pretty much every kicker in the league can kick in the end zone, so you're never going to get a play out that. Once, once they just put the ball on the 20 and let's start the game from there. But you got to get, you have to have things like that, uh, find out if these guys can hit on the run. Like the guys you working with, Deborah, they have to be able to go do this on the run. Some of them never having a playbook until they got to college. But they were still able to achieve at that level where scouts and coaches are looking at them to get to this level and, and get in the camp and make some plays. And it's good that they're achieving. And they have some, like I said, have someone to talk to. Yeah, absolutely. Because at this level, you know, it's not about talent because everybody is super talented. It's about, uh, you know, what can you do with that talent? Can you stay uh, in control of the mental and emotional aspects so you can actually use that energy to uh, explode when you need to and conserve when you need to? Yeah, uh, especially guys who need control. Samaj, you had a story about uh, where's the um, the guy in L.A. Uh, what's this crazy guy Artes? now? Ron Artest. Oh yeah. yeah. What, what's going on with him? Because well, that's somebody uh, Deborah needs. Well, he has a um, actually he does have a uh, therapist, right? Psychiatrist or something, doesn't he? Man, it's therapist, psychiatrist. What's the, I don't know the difference. Yeah, he has anger issues or had them or he I'm had them. He, he had actually been pretty good uh, for the past I would say four years. It's just when he was in Indiana. He lost his mind or didn't gain his mind. And that'd be somebody. There's athletes like him all over, and there's a baseball guy who's going crazy. There's athletes all over, and they, uh, you're a clear edge. They would definitely benefit from checking out the website, calling Deborah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Appreciate the props. You said, uh, <laughs> that's actually true. Because, you know what I told somebody? I had a story. Um, somebody was asking me about football. I said, you know, we had someone on the show, and as soon as we started talking about a, a certain subject, she said, well, I can tell that you still holding on to that. Your voice got like I, I was still thinking about that after I said, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't holding on to it, but it was just, you know, it was a situ, it was a time then that uh, it, I'm more of a right wrong. So you're still in the story, is what you're telling me. No, somebody asked me, somebody asked me about it. And I was uh, it was, it was about the uh, some subject came up and it just took me right back to that. I'm not really on it because I'm actually past that, so I don't know what you're talking about there. <laughs> About. <laughs> but uh, well, Ron Artest, where, where is he going? Um, he, he's actually he's decided that he's going to play for um, a league in the UK. Um, the the Cheshire Jets, I do believe is the name. That's who he's going to play for. And apparently, this negotiation has been going on for a couple months. But he was a little leery about it because he didn't know um, how long the lockout was going to be. And since um, the bargaining since they bargained on Monday and still can't come to an agreement, you know, the union is telling these guys that they can go find work because they don't know if the game is going to be suspended for 2011-2012 season. So, uh, Ron, he decided he's going to go play for these guys. Um, he's not going to be making too much money, about 1500 to $2,500 a month. 1500 to $2,500 a month. Right. Yeah. Do you know, I mean, that's not... Fifteen hundred. That's not bad if you just. It actually is a vacation. I think all these guys is a deploy uh, to get the CBA, the NBA, CBA um, agreement together to get it done faster. Because a lot of guys, the way it's looking now, it's not going to be a basketball season. And if it is, it'll probably be a forty game season. I think they need to cut the season down anyway, from uh, eighty two games to probably fifty, sixty games. Um, uh-huh. But if he's getting that much a month, and chi- China. 
off of Kobe Bryant, $1.5 million a month. Wow. This is a month. They really want him. Yeah, big time. Uh, but they have a, well, it's, you could look at it this way. It's like when they get American stars, they pay them that way because there's a lot of China athletes that come here and get paid, for, whether that be in baseball or basketball. Mm-hmm. Look at uh, Yao Ming. He he wasn't always the best center in the league, but you, when you got those votes, think how many people in China that can vote, and he always go to the All Star game. Yeah, but I just hope they don't get hurt while they're playing over there. And that's why I think um, these guys in the NBA making conversation about going somewhere else and play, so the NBA and their and their owners and their teams can say, well, we don't want to lose our star player to an injury because he's playing right. somewhere overseas, but there's no lead. You can't stop this guy from working. Well, um, if if when if Ron Artest officially goes over there and play, um, then he would have to come back as soon as the lockout ends and play for the Lakers. Yeah, that's going to be in a lot of those guys' contracts. So once the season starts, you know, you can't offer, you can't sign with China and say, I have to play this long. The basketball season starts back up. You got to get back to your team. And those uh, foreign countries and foreign teams know that this guy has to get back. But think about the, they get that money back just by the appearance of Kobe being there. Uh, what Ron Artest need is a different agent. He's talking mm-hmm. about 1500 no, fifteen thousand, twenty-five thousand a month. Kobe's one point five million. Now Kobe's a totally different star than one Artest, but I mean that's far off. Well, why he he really wants to go. He he wants to go and have fun doing it. He said he wasn't going to go play nowhere else unless he was having fun. But they're offering him a, a lot of other amenities as well because I mean he has the opportunity to do a soap opera and do little musical. He's a soap opera. You know he raps, so he probably would like No, I know he tries to rap, and the soap opera opera thing is uh, he does that anyway. He's so proper as he walked through life. (laughs) On a daily basis. Yeah. Well, that's That's the thing my concern, too, would be if these guys are over there, and I I totally get the idea if you want to go, you want to play your sport, you want to relax, have a little fun and stuff. It's just, you know, what are you telling yourself during that entire time? How are they going to come back? Are they going to come back fit and ready to play here, or are they going to come back and be in a frame of mind that's not playing at the level that they're used to playing at, and it's going to take some time to get back into uh, that high performance again. Yeah, and I think if, if they these guys do, I know Deron Williams uh, generated a lot of buzz from um, going say he's going to play overseas, uh, but I think these guys will go over there just to work on, not just to work on shots, but it, it, in a sense it is a vacation. You're going to a, Kobe grew up overseas. Right, but and he speaks multiple languages. Exactly. Yeah. And, and most of these guys um, will go over there to work on shots, work on their game. It's not going to be as physical as the NBA, but those guys are going to be trying to compete hard because these guys played in the NBA in mm-hmm. the United States, uh, and they want something to measure up to what their game could be or what their games are. As long as Kobe is in China, and China's getting all that publicity across the country, across the world, uh, then the guys that's playing against them want to say, well, Who's this guy trying to guard Kobe? He could play right. in the league. Right, exactly. So they they have to get something out of it. LeBron James is one of the guys who has no interest in playing overseas, um, oh, okay. which is which makes sense because the way they finished up the season, well, actually the way they started the season, uh, everybody kind of wrote these guys off. But they was it's a new team. They had three new guys. Well, they had two new guys on that team. Uh, they haven't jailed. You can't put all stars on one team and expect something great to happen right away. I tell you. Um, Talent is one thing. Talent is great to have on a team, but it's hard to beat a team concept. It's hard to beat a team. 
you can beat talent. I can find ways to beat talent, but it becomes tougher when you're trying to play against a team and defend a team. And these guys finished off. The, everybody thought they once they got in the playoffs, once they got in the finals, they thought they would beat the Dallas Mavericks. So mm-hmm. what you want to do is stay, if LeBron James want to stay home and work with his teammates and get that, get that jail together, that only makes sense. But he's one of the guys that doesn't have an interest. I'm sure he had offers, but doesn't have an interest to go over there. Yeah. I'm sure he did, too. Yeah, and if that's what he's doing during his off time is actually working with the other guys to build that know, like, and trust factor within the team uh, and figure out what they need to do individually and together, then that's what he should be doing. Yeah. Good for him. Because it, it's all about winning those world championships. So he And that would be a good thing to do. I'm sure the rest of his team will fall in line, especially the ones they have already signed. you got to fall in line. You try to get the – you play basketball, 82-plus game, 82 games, if you're that good team, you want to win that world championship. You want to be sitting where Dallas Mavericks are right now, yeah. and the Lakers have been. You also compared to one of some of the greatest and best players that ever played the game, that have rings. And you, mm-hmm. with his career, I don't think it'd be a, it may be a disappointment to him because he's so competitive. But there's a lot of guys who do not have NBA world championship rings, NFL Super Bowl Super Bowl right. rings uh, that still gets into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but he's still young, though, so he has a little time. Right, and you got to remember, this guy's when he was in Cleveland, it was just him. So now he has some help. I think he got to use his help a little bit more in Miami because you do have two other guys that can play. One other guy, that's Dwayne Wade. um, But Chris Bosh, he's he's not consistent, in my opinion. I don't have to grade him or coach him or anything. I just don't think he's consistent from the outside looking in. He's not a real threat to a big man. He's he's tall, but he's not a threat. Everybody who uh, there's somebody at that position usually get the best of him, and 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 he has LeBron James and Dwayne Wade, where it takes a lot of pressure off him, and he can get things done. But we'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll get a little bit more. Let's talk some baseball. I want to talk about uh, Jim Tomey and his 600 career home run. Quamalas Sports Talk. We'll be back in a minute. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports do you think that all of the generic financial information you get every day is hard to navigate you need to tune in to duffy's financial playbook every weekend andreas duffy will help you filter out this information and turn it into wisdom that you can really use be informed about the financial decisions you're about to make instead of just blindly making decisions Andre's connections in the business and professional sports world will help you so you don't need to worry about your financial success. Tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on, it will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news, Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck, a no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Coast to coast instrumentals. Hey, welcome back to Aquamela Sports Talk. I actually didn't want to talk over that. That was a pretty good beat. That might, that might get you hyped. That might be the first one. Take that Jay Z off. I don't know. Nah, nah. That's the end. You got to keep Jay Z. I'm gonna keep Jay Z and Rihanna. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna keep that. Hey, we're gonna talk. Let's talk some uh, Jim Tomei hitting his 600 career home run. But I do want to play a a little highlight first. Hold on a second. Yeah, if I can get to it. Yeah. Oh, that dead air. Be quiet. <laughs> In the sixth against Rick Porcello, opposite field. Career home run number 599 is 10th of the year. Twins up 5-3. And in the seventh, with two on, two out, the Twins up 6-5. Jim Tomey steps right into the history books. Hit in the air to left field. That's it. Well, Young is back at the fence. It is gone. Jim Tomey has hit his 600th. Jim Tomey becomes the eighth man in the history of Major League Baseball to hit 600 home runs. That was uh, Jim Tomey hitting 600 home runs, but he's the first guy to do it hitting two home runs to get to 600 in one game. Um, and and I and I say, and the question is, is is he a Hall of Fame or not? And I had 21 years as a Hall of Fame. There's a lot of people that say he's, his numbers are not what they should be as far as a guy hitting 600 home runs, but he's, the, he's one of eight guys that did it. Anytime you one of a few in any major league sport or anything um, as far as something doing something good, I think you deserve a Hall of Fame. And most time it's who you like. Most time is what this guy number. This guy never been in trouble. He did. He did 600 home runs without performing enhancement drugs. He's never That's been. He's thing. never been tied into those those things like the other guys. Some of the other guys in the league. That's. But 600 home runs. His stats. Are, I think he has a 277 betting average. That, those are not Hall of Fame numbers. But one of eight guys to hit 600. That that is Hall of Fame. That is Hall of Fame. There's a lot of guys that. Uh, just reaching for those numbers that don't have them. There's some pretty good guys, some pretty good names in that category, but don't have 600 home runs. A 21 years, 21 years career in the major leagues, uh, become the newest member of the 600 home run club. What you guys think? Hall of Fame or not? I would agree, Hall of Fame. I mean, this is a guy like you said who, you know, when you hit a record like that, I mean, that's a pretty outstanding record and to do it as you know almost like a, a hometown country guy type person with a great personality and uh you know i'm not always about the you know need to be a role model but obviously he would some he would be someone that uh 
parents would say, you know, look at here's a really nice guy and look what he just did and could point him out to their kids and you know, what more do you want from somebody? Especially not never getting you know, you haven't heard anything bad press about him. And and, and you can look at the numbers and say, uh, no, not as far as the Hall of Fame is concerned, but this guy has no performance enhancing drugs in him. Absolutely. He's, he's did it to, for twenty one years. There's some guys with major league records they don't have his type of uh, credentials as far as being that good guy, always a stand-up guy, uh, 600 home runs. You one of eight. Right. You won an eight, and that deserves some type of credit. But I, like I said, I really believe he'll be a Hall of Famer. But whether that be a first ballot or the next ballot is up to the reporters because there's a lot of reporters who has a lot to do with this voting thing. Um, They're saying they don't feel like he should be a, a first ballot. Yeah. He shouldn't be on the first ballot. But 600 home runs, I don't know too much about the, the you know, baseball, but um, do you think he should be over someone that hits more than, you know, just because it's a home run, does it, you know, um, outweigh someone that hits like 2,000 balls in a game? You know what I'm saying? Have more hits than... Yeah, I've never seen anybody hit 2,000 in a game, but look. Not in a game. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I don't, I don't not have in a game, but you know, career. Oh, you talking about like, you talking about like a, uh, Derek, a Dirk Jeter type guy. Yeah. 3,000 hits. 3,000 hits. Yeah. Um, baseball has a lot of categories, and some of the categories like Dirk Jeter, uh, there's guys who hit 3,000 um, in their career. That that it is in the Hall of Fame. So when Dirk Jeter does it, and you gotta you gotta go with all the hype. Dirk Jeter has been a consistent player his whole career, but you go with the hype. Dirk Jeter's in New York. He's a Yankees. He's in a pinstripe. He's one of those teams. They've won World Championships, but it depends on who you like. Um, I, I wouldn't say it depends on who you like for the most part, but he's a likable guy. Um, his stats are what they are with guys who are in the Hall of Fame. Dirk Jeter will get in the Hall of Fame for a lot of reasons. He does have a World Series ring. And Jim told me, I mean, a lot of guys say he's a designated hitter. He's a DH. So does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame when he comes up, to, doesn't play any defense? Um, he comes in and hit for probably the pitcher. So he's not as tired in the final uh, innings that most guys are and still got to perform at that level. So I, I really don't think that if, if the DH is a position on the football, baseball field, then that's what it should be. That's what he does. That's where they keep him 21 years. He wasn't always a DH. He was always a hitter. He could hit. So if I got a guy who can hit, same thing in football. If I need a cornerback and all I want you to do is cover, then I'll get Deion Sanders for whatever it's going to cost me just to cover this guy. But with Jim Tomey, he's a designated hitter because he has that power. He does hit with some consistency. He does at the moment right now has 600 career home runs only eight guys and ever done it in the major league time has changed but there's only eight guys that has 600 career 600 or more career home runs is he a hall of famer in my opinion i think so well that's the thing man if he's your go-to guy you know that when you need somebody you're going to call on him you know why would you knock somebody for um you know, maybe not playing as much, but they're your go-to guy. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, there seems to be uh, a lot of pressure on being that guy, and he's consistent and he performs. You know, they're committed to him, so I, I tend to, I not tend to, I do agree, you know, yeah. that uh, he belongs. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and, it's some, and like I said, it's going to be the argument of uh, his stats and his, his stats compared to other guys. But you have you have A-Rod in there. I think A-Rod has about... 630 maybe home runs, but mm -hmm. 
but he's always tied up to some some type of scandal. And by scandal, I mean uh, enhancement drugs. He recently is a gambling um, poker situation that he's not supposed to be playing, and and he's playing in this game while he's on a uh, 15 day DA disabled list. Mm-hmm. So there's scandals uh, for a lot of guys that's in there. Uh, but you know, do does but he? This guy is clean tone. Yeah, he's not flashy. He's not, you know, one of those colorful guys that you see on the news all the time. Um, and what's wrong with that? Nothing. You know? Again, it, it gives a great role model for some of these kids coming up mm-hmm. that, you know, they don't want to be the center of attention. They just want to go play the sport for the purity of the sport and be at their highest level and competitive best. And it's like, I'm cool with that. Right. All right. And if you do look at his numbers, you don't see the Hall of Fame number. You see consistency. And, he, and you... Put, you keep guys on your team that's consistent. You keep guys on the team that you know what you're going to get out of them. His average, right. his lifetime average is 277. Now, that's hitting the ball. Out of 10 times, they're hitting the ball two and a half, close to, close to three times out of 10 bet right. at best. Now, that's not good in life or anything else, but in baseball, <laughs> I mean, you hitting <laughs> guys that's throwing 95, 80 to 90, 80 to 105 miles per hour at them. And he's only doing it, um, he's only coming to bat three to four times a game. Uh, he has 2,263 uh, hits. Derek Jeter has 3,000. Uh, but he's he's a consistent guy. As of yesterday, he was the first guy out of the eight guys who have 600 or more home runs. He was one of the first guys to reach that plateau in the same game, being, being that it was 50, 599, then his 600. Two home Did he runs. know he was at 600? You know, there's probably or some people. He was people. just playing. I, a guy like him, I'm thinking he's just playing. 600 right. probably was mentioned to him, but once that happened, once that happened, he thought no more of it. What right. his, his job was to get on base and, or who, whoever on base, get them off base and bring uh-huh. bring runs in. Yeah. Yeah, he's just taking care of business. Right. Right. Yeah, he played about 10 years with Cleveland, uh, Philadelphia, Chicago. Chicago, then he went to Los Angeles Dollars, Dodgers, I'm sorry, and the last past two years, Minnesota. He did his job. He does what he's supposed to do. He's clean. He stay out of press uh, as far as bad things are concerned. And, you know, and this guy, you know, if, if, he's, if, it's, if I have a vote, then he's the first ballot Hall of Fame, in my opinion. And you look at a guy who's just been consistently getting better year after year over his career in that, too. So he keeps learning and growing. Um, and enhancing himself without the drugs just by pure, um, you know, love of the sport and practice and, you know, doing what any good athlete should do is uh, learn and grow from what you did right and what you did wrong. Right. He, That's what you always want someone to grow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah he's, he's always been that guy, too. Um, postseason, um, you know, how many home runs? 17 home runs in the postseason. Um, he's only, I mean, you look at his numbers, they, they are not, they're not Hall of Fame numbers, but... I mean, some of those guys in there that's considered to be Hall of Fame uh, shouldn't shouldn't get in if he doesn't get in because they tied up to a lot of nonsense. They tied up they tied up with the steroid era. I to tell you, the guy right now is Barry Bonds at the top of the home run list, and he's not in yet. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I say yet, but he's not in um, with the uh, situation with the Balco situation with the steroid situation. He's not in. He's the number one. Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, uh, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, those guys are in. But they've never been tied up to any uh, nonsense. So it's easy to make those guys first ballot. And, again, that's a different eras.
Mm-hmm. And, and Jim Tomey, you know, he put his time in. He put his time in playing minor leagues, batting. Uh, minor leagues came in 1989 with the uh, under the Indians uh, farm team, Burlington, Kingston. He was in college. He was, I mean, these guys, they, they play all over before they get to the majors. A lot of guys just don't go straight to the majors and do it. Well, he done paid his dues. He paid, yeah, and then a lot of guys have. A lot of guys paid their dues, and he was just happy. He was one of them. He was one of them. You got uh, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, those guys, not even in the Hall of Fame, tied up into that steroid situation. Um, Albert Pujols, one of those guys. Albert right now is at 437. Uh, he's he's on pace. He's on pace to get 600 in his uh, career, the way he hits them year in and year out. But you got Barry Bonds with 762 home runs. You got Mark Mark McGuire with 583 home runs. Babe Ruth 714 home runs. There's guys in there that's going to be uh, that that are Hall of Famers, but some most of these guys are tied up to a situation. Mm-hmm. But in, we gonna go to a break, get into some football real briefly because you know the last segment is real fast. 888-346-9144 if you want to join us for the last segment. Scrum Life Sports Talk. We'll be back in a minute. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Fantasy Sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play Fantasy Sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. The revolution has begun with Jim and Trav. Listen this week as Randall Eden, Shannon Young, Josh Fleming, and Joe Hosmer tell us why it's important to get our kids in the outdoors. Plus, Cat Daddy will have some catfishy tips, and Nick Rhodes has a new twist on wildlife management you'll want to hear. This is sponsored by Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. <laughs> Welcome back to Final Sports Talk. This is a segment where uh, I make everyone's day or their sexy voice. Hey, welcome back to the show. Hey, appreciate that, Moan. You got to always have my sexy voice music. I think I'm going to need some, something softer for that last segment. But that is I'm good. Gonna need, I'm going to need you to say that sexy voice for Ken and Alex. Ken and Alex, they can't, they can't appreciate it. They just, <laughs> it's more envy and jealousy when I get involved. Oh. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know them guys. But let, let's, talk, uh, let's talk a little bit of football. Um, uh, Al Monk was going to look for my sexy voice. I just got that email. I just got that text. <laughs> Um, let's talk a little football as far as, you know, guys holding out. Uh, Chris Johnson with the um, with the um, Tennessee Titans, he wants 
the Tennessee Titans want to make some make him the highest paid running back. Now, when you, when you, when you hear that, you you think that's something. Maybe the highest paid running back. He want to be one of the highest play playmakers in the game, which I understand. He running back may get. <clears throat> I know the guy from Carolina just got a good nice deal, but that could be twenty million or something like that. When you got a guy like Peyton Manning, who's valuable to the Indianapolis Colts, Chris Johnson is that just that much valuable to the Tennessee Titans. In fact, if you don't stop that guy, it's hard for them to get passes off. So you can put nine, eight, nine in the box just to put a guy like that to to stop that guy. Now you got to have a decent quarterback who can make those throws when somebody does put eight and nine in the box. He wants to put he wants to be in the range of thirty million guaranteed within the first three years. I you know what I just happen to agree with this guy. I agree with that he should do that. He actually forfeited his uh his year this year to be to go into his fourth season, and there was a deadline for a lot of guys uh that was a free actually it wasn't free agent that didn't sign up for camp that didn't come to camp when camp started. It was a lot of guys that lost a year of eligibility, but I don't think um. I don't think it matters that much because when, when he's done with football, they're gonna say he's only played nine years. They're gonna, they not, they, that's what they can say. But in those nine years, he got paid for his services, and I think that was more of the key. Another guy is the uh, Larry Fitzgerald out here with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, if there's no extension, which I thought it would be, I thought Kevin Cobb was the reason that Larry would sign with the Arizona Cardinals. Now if they don't sign. Fitzgerald, this I guess he'll test the market at the end of the season, but I don't know why the Cardinals would do that. The Cardinals have they are fourteen million under the cap right now, so they can get a deal done for uh, Larry Fitzgerald. You don't want to lose a Larry Fitzgerald. No. You don't want to lose a Larry. You don't want to lose a guy like that, and then you um, then you get rid of DRC. You, you can get rid of DRC for Kevin Cobb when you drafted in the first round, fifth pick, Patrick Peterson out of LSU. But these free agents like Chris Johnson, who wants $30 million guarantee in the first three years, who I think deserves it, you want to keep a guy like Larry Fitzgerald, Deeferson, and uh, Umanora, uh practice with the Giants yesterday or today. Um, he was holding out for a contract. Uh, and and you got to get these guys into camp. If you want to have a successful season, that's why a lot of teams with the free agent frenzy, the way the season started, What's more exciting for me, I was more excited to watch football this year. I looked at the first preseason game just to see who was going to play. I know the I know the uh, Patriots didn't play Brady and a couple other guys, but and that was a smart decision. Everything happened so fast. You don't want to get your guys hurt because a lot of guys, uh, other teams are trying to see, they don't understand the game. So mm-hmm. you don't want to get your star players hurt like, playing against guys like that. Now, I get your guys' assessment on, if you know Chris Johnson or if you know Tennessee Titans, should any running back be paid as the highest playmaker or should he get paid by his position? Hmm. I think there's a couple factors involved, not only with the Chris Johnson but a Larry Fitzgerald as well. It's not only what do they bring to the team as far as their performance level, um, you know, the win-loss rates and those type of things, but also what do they bring to the team as far as the heart of the team. You know, when I look at somebody like a Larry Fitzgerald, man, he is the Cardinals. You know, in so many ways, he's not only been on the team, he is part of the team. um, And he is such a great person to have around some of these young guys to bring them up, uh, as well as the veterans. I mean, he's a great stabilizing force. Chris Johnson, I don't know as well. 
Um, but I think as a, a coach or an owner, I would be looking at the whole athlete and not just what do they do on the field. Right. And and before you go, Samarzlin, I agree with that 100%. There's a lot of guys, and, and the guys that come to mind when you, when you say that, Deborah, was a guy like Larry Sinners. He did what he was supposed to do on the field, but in the locker room and in the huddle, he was that guy. He yeah. made he made everybody comfortable. You get on the field with an average offense, he made them feel like they can play above their levels. Uh, but And that's what Fitzgerald is to me. When I think about the Arizona Cardinals, I probably think about Adrian Wilson, Larry Fitzgerald. Then i got to start thinking about other guys. Right. And, and because those guys are the heart of the team, and not just by their playability, but how they uh, perceive among their peers, um, what they do to the guys that are coming in, the new guys coming in, they teach these guys that what they do to the organization as far as we got to get other players around those guys, Adrian Wilson, we got to get other players around Fitzgerald if we want to keep that guy. For the past, in the past, the Cardinals, they let guys go that they should have kept just for the nucleus of the, of the team, um, and I think when Ken Winslow came in, I thought he did a great job of, or of um, expecting more discipline from those guys, more not taking for granted your ability, not going all out. Um, but those are the guys that you think of when I think of the Arizona Cardinals. Now, you can say Donnie or Dockett. You can, you can throw him into the mix, but you need more of a heart of the team. That could be the heart of the team, but you need guys around them that play up to their ability. So, Samaj, you would? You still would? Well, <laughs> yeah, you guys covered it. I'm, I'm definitely with Deborah when you say you, you got to bring something to the team. These players, you know, they're getting paid the money. But um, you said something about um, should they get paid differently from the position they play, right? Yeah, well, you know, I don't think they should. I think no. you pay um, Peyton Manning what you pay him. And I use Peyton Manning because I'm a Peyton Manning fan. I think the guys are smart, very smart, borderline genius, if you will. Uh, when he's under the center, when he's when he's orchestrating that offense, it's, they haven't they don't have that much talent in Indianapolis, but they always find themselves in the mix of being one of the better teams out of that division, out of that uh, AFC. What are they South? Not South. Mm-hmm. North. They they are one of the better teams in that division because of Peyton Manning. Um, but when Chris Johnson wants this type of money, it becomes an issue because you think all he does is run the ball. Well, all Peyton does is pass the ball. Peyton doesn't run. He's not a scrambler. He sits in the pocket. But his orchestration of that uh, offense is one of the best ever. I wouldn't even say in the league. He's one of the best ever that play on the center as a quarterback. Um, Chris Johnson, at his pace, could be one of two years ago. He had two thousand yards. Mm-hmm. It's probably three other, four other receivers. I mean, running backs that that's eclipsed that. Last year he had a thousand yards. Still, I mean, you can look at that. That's a down year. Well. Pay this man accordingly to um, – there's not a lot of running backs getting, especially when he has no other running back in there to take a little pressure off him. Mm-hmm. There's, there's not a lot of running backs getting paid like that. And I think Chris Johnson is well-deserving of, uh, you know, $30 million. If other guys can, if other guys are getting it, why can't he get it? Because he is with right. the – and then Tennessee Titans, they want him in camp. They do. But, you know, he's not coming to camp until he has some guarantees. And it only makes sense because he – you know, if you play down a year, I think contracts should be when you playing up. If you play two bad years, you should be willing to take a pay cut. You have two exactly. good years, you got them two good years, then, yeah, I need a raise. Just right, like any any that. other job. Right, exactly. I'm with you on that one. But a contract is a contract. So if both ends were up here to contract, then that's just what it is from start to finish. I, I don't know. 
the owners can cut you at any time you want to. He knows that Adrian Peterson, Chris Johnson knows that Adrian, P- Adrian Peterson with the Minnesota Vikings is about to get a huge deal coming up. So he want to be paid not as the top running back, but as the top players. Uh, D'Angelo Williams just got a $21 million guarantee. D'Angelo Williams been hurt for three years, and he got that deal. And hurt. 2011, 800000 is a lot of money, but this is what Chris Johnson will make. After all he's done from day one, stepping into Tennessee count. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we're going we gonna to get out of here. That went by but, so fast, though. That did. Well, one more thing. I don't see Larry Fitzgerald going nowhere. He want to stay for Arizona, and I'm sure Arizona wants him to stay as well. So yeah. I think as long as they come to a fair agreement, they'll be all right. Yeah, they'll figure it out. There's no such thing as a fair agreement, but I, I, you know what? They'll be crazy to let <laughs> they'll cr- be crazy to let Larry Fitzgerald go. Hey, this Cormelot Sports Talk. Check out the fan page. There'll be some en- free Energy Force bracelets. Check out the EnergyForce.com. Answer a few trivia's. You're wearing an Energy Force band. Thanks, Deborah DeBreeze. Always, Samaj Kadir for joining the show. We we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Been real. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.